My name is Justin Lohr. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to a most honorable episode of Horror Business 146. I don't know where you're going with that, so I'm just going to let it's it It's most slide. honorable because we're talking about Japanese horror films today. And Japanese horror films are most honorable. I don't know that this is some sort of uh, racist stereotype, <laughs> but it might be. So I'm just going to like not comment so like okay. at least I'm not implicated okay. in whatever you're doing. You know? Okay, yeah, it's it's... I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying the possibilities there. No, 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 I, would, no. I would rather not risk anything right now. I'm okay. saying it is. <laughs> um, so. <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited. Two, two Japanese films that I've, I had never seen either one, and I'm, I'm stoked on this. So we are talking about 1995's uh, Gakko no Kaden, or School Ghost Stories, or Haunted School. And then we are talking about 2009's uh, Occult. Um, it's a found footage movie, and this man might be the master of found footage films. Oh, I mean, there's a whole, I you know, friend friend of the show, and by friend of the show, I just mean my friend who probably won't listen to this, uh, Ed. Uh, they were telling me that it's a whole world, right? That like I've now seen this movie, and obviously I've seen uh, Neroy the Curse, right? Because yeah. we covered it, and I saw another one of his movies. But when you actually look at like what he's done, it's a whole world of stuff where they're referencing each other and sometimes he's in them, sometimes he's not. It's a it's a thing. People have written books about this this guy's work. And uh I didn't know that. I'm like it's like uh well, you know what I feel like? I feel like I'm a normie music critic who's walked into a room to talk about a youth of today record. Yeah, and I have no context, but I'm going to tell you what I think, and uh, someone's going to be so mad I don't know what I'm talking about that they're going to want to kill me. But it is what it is. Yeah, I'm like a normie walking in. I am a normie walking into expect to see walked it walking into a show that I heard Pat Dubar was playing, and instead of Uniform Choice, it's Mind Funk, and I'm not having a good time. I'm going to be honest. I like this guy's. I like this guy's movies, but they. I don't ever fucking need to watch them ever again. I mean, I think we both liked Neroy, but I do remember it being upsetting. Oh, yeah. This one was upsetting, too. I think I remember texting you with, I don't like this movie. Right. But with you, Justin, and I think our, our listeners will support me on this. Sometimes you saying, I don't like this movie, means that you like this movie. And sometimes when you say, I don't like this movie, it means you think this movie is a piece of shit. And oh, yeah. So no, this, you this think movie... this is a good movie, oh, but yeah, no, it this... made you feel bad. Uh, yeah, I could not get this movie occult out of my head like i was thinking about that ending till right now since i've since I, I like i i just i it just fucked with me so bad i could see that yeah all right let's uh do our thank yous here who do we gotta thank uh first off we have to thank our patrons over on patreon.com if you would like to be <sighs> an enabler of bullshit, you can head to patreon.com backslash cinepunks and smash that subscribe button because every cent that you give us helps us not lose money in running a podcast network because we know that podcast running, running a podcast network it has costs because the fucking man won't let us do it for free even though he should because this is an intellectual um, it's an intellectual endeavor we're bringing knowledge to the masses there's no reason we should be paying for this except that the world sucks, and because of that, we have to pay for it. So your donations help us offset the costs that accrue with running a podcast network. So if you would like to be, again, an enabler of bullshit, you can head to www.patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. And if you'd also like to be a, a further enabler of bullshit, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you need someone to print a t-shirt for your... Uh, Primus cover band called Tommy and the Cats, uh, which is a thing I just made up, you should head to www.xlvacx.com and let Chris Reject and the fucking ghouls at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations print up your stupid shirt for your stupid Primus band. 
but also they do very good work. They uh, do. XLVACX.com. So when you, but when you go there, be like, don't have like an actual idea, like have like the bare bones for an idea for what you want. And oh just yeah. Have bring, it, like, bring, bring like a, like a bad Polaroid of a t-shirt yeah, yeah, that yeah. someone's wearing and say you want a recreation of that, but on a tie dye shirt. And be as vague as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then call, compl- call complain about too. every version they send you. Yeah. yeah. And only go to the, where the, the, uh, the fact, like the place, the shop, only go to the shop. Don't write any emails. Just insist direct on Direct message on Instagram. All bus- yeah. And direct message on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. The underscore LVAC on Instagram. <clears throat> go we there are- right now and direct message them with your fucking stupid idea. <laughs> All right. Hey, we also want to thank our friends, uh, Aaron over at, uh, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Uh, head over there. Aaron's got high quality beans roasted to order. Enter in the code Cinepunk C I N E P U N X on your way out. Uh, he's gonna it's gonna take ten percent off your order. There's also tea, uh, loose leaf tea for you. There's also some awesome T-shirts. Check it out, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. And of course, this episode is uh, brought to you not just by our voices, but by the amazing efforts of our friend sharky over at mechanical shark medium thank you media sorry thank you sharky uh and if you get a chance go ahead and check out Ruffka fan club don't Talk harass out. sharky don't harass Sharky. yeah don't harass sharky actually don't don't bother him in any way if you can please yeah so so now comes the time in the podcast where um i'm in hell <laughs> and i only am 100 yen and I he is in jail or was in jail for being complicit, which I feel is something you would go to be, which is what you would go to jail for. What you're complicit in, I don't know. I don't want to know, but I could see you going to jail for complicity. Like in some kind of like righteous crime. Mm-hmm. I definitely have co-conspirator vibes. Yes, like, I appreciate that. Like, I, like I, I, I don't think, even though I do lead things when it comes to crime, I don't see myself as a ringleader. I'm more like like somebody's lookout or I, yes. I aided and abetted somebody who did a thing that we're not going to talk about, whatever it is. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's totally cool. In this specific case, um, I sacrificed 108 people to my leech god Hiroku. Okay. And you were complicit in it. And when I send you the 100 yen that I owed you in a video camera, which has footage of me being in hell, by the way, um, the first thing I say before I begin screaming the agonies of the damned, I say, Liam, what have you done involving Har recently? You know, <clears throat> I was going to say not a lot because I've been trying to catch up on a lot of like, the, I don't know if you know this, Justin, but the end of the year, they put out all these movies at the end of the year. Yeah. And I get it that they're trying to get in people's brains so that you have recency bias towards their movies mm-hmm. for award season, right? But it's annoying for me because it's hard to get to the movies and to watch the movies at home and whatever, whatever. However, then I realized it's been a while since we recorded. So I'm going to run a couple movies past you that I don't think we talked about, but I want to find out. Okay. Did we talk about There's Something in the Barn? No. So I watched There's Something in the Barn, which is a, a Christmas horror movie. Uh, it's got um, the the nerd guy from Freaks and Geeks. I forget his name. Martin something. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's the dad. He's moved his family to Norway, the middle of the woods. It's, by the way, utterly implausible premise. There's no reason for this family to be, even though he's inherited this this house. So it's like a free house, free, beautiful house. It's in this part of Norway where nobody lives, it seems like. There's not a lot of people there. So... Why does he move his family there? I don't, I don't fucking know, but he does. And uh, once they're there, his son kind of figures out that there's something living in the barn. And he eventually meets with something, and it's a, it's a gnome. It's a, well, I, I think they call it a barn elf, but it looks, like, it looks like a gnome. Okay. And he starts to give the gnome treats. And the more treats he gives the gnome, uh, again, I should say barn elf, because that's what they call it. Um, the more treats he gives this thing, the more nice stuff it does around the house, does all this stuff around the house, just like is really helpful. But there are rules with the barn elves, Justin. There's rules, just like gremlins. And so they don't like loud noises. They don't like bright lights. They really like treats. They really like cookies and shit. And they don't like change. They hate change. Which is why, which is why when his uh, very smart 
parents, who actually are not smart, they suck, decide they're going to turn their barn into an Airbnb. They're going to turn the barn into an Airbnb. It's the dumbest idea. It doesn't even work. Uh, the, the, The barn elf gets pissed and eventually all chaos erupts. Uh, when he calls in help from basically an army of barn elves. Interesting. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a horror movie. You know, there's some people get killed. Some barn elves get fucked up too. There's carousing. There's a little bit of like family drama. People learn lessons. It's like definitely more on the cute side when it comes to these independent horror films. I think uh, if you're the kind of person that digs on things like Krampus or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you could get into this. I thought it wasn't terrible, you know, but if you're someone who prefers your horror to have a bit more of an edge, like this is a movie where like you couldn't show it to kids because it's got blood and, and stuff. Right. Okay. But the vibe is very much like, like if you have like a, uh, a, uh, uh, a teenager in your life who's trying to get into horror and you're trying to show them something that is gooey, but still kind of cute. That's like this. You know what I mean? Like, it's not for children, but it feels like it's for children. You know what I'm saying? And I don't hate that, especially for Christmas time. But I certainly wouldn't say, like, everybody's got to go out and see this fucking thing. It's like, it's fine, right? It's a fine movie, but it's not great. Uh, Did I talk about that movie Divinity already? No. So Divinity, it's it's a bit more of a a sci-fi movie than it is a horror movie, but it's got a lot of... it kind of walks up to the line of being a bit Cronenbergian in which sci-fi and horror are basically the same thing, you know, because there's a lot of um, body horror going on. It also has, uh, Oh, my brain just, Oh, uh, Scott Bakula is in it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I heard about this. This Yeah. It's it's in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in black and white. Uh, the main guy, his name is escaping me. Is it uh, Stephen Dorff? Yes, thank you. Uh, who, by the way, I like. I think Stephen Dorff is a bit underrated in general. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Did you yeah. see the third season of True Detective? Mm, I haven't watched it. I've heard oh, that I should, so but I haven't good. watched it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Stephen Dorff, uh, Scott Bakula, a couple other people I recognize. A lot of people I don't. But it's weird. It's um, it doesn't have a lot of clear narrative. You have to kind of pick things up as they go. It has a few action sequences that are clearly claymation or stop motion or whatever. Uh, And it really is a bit more poetic than it is um, direct and intellectual. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's sci-fi, but it's not like Star Trek style, you know, it's a bit more interpretive, Uh, but, but gross in certain ways. Um, It's uh, it's set in a future where, um, <clears throat> this scientist played by Scott Bakula is, is trying to solve various, you know, the same old thing, aging, uh, dementia, all that sort of stuff that attacks us as we're getting older. And after he passes away, his sons continue his legacy, but not really because he just takes the formula and turns it into like, a vanity thing that will keep you alive forever. Uh, but it'll, it makes it so you can't have children. So most people have taken this thing, but they, so most people can't have kids anymore. Hmm. And, um, I think it's, again, it's complicated. It's a weird thing. The vibe I get is some people from the future come and they make him overdose on his own drug and he turns into a monster or something like that. Okay. It's a weird movie. Check it out. I, I, If you're someone who needs clear narrative and the narrative is why you're there, this is probably not going to work for you. If you're someone who just wants to see a experimental black and white film that has weird visuals and also Stephen Dorff like fucking. Uh, yeah, that's what that, that that's why you watch this movie. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily buy the Blu-ray, but I I don't know. I'm I'm glad I checked it out. It was not what I was expecting. It kind of uh, exceeded my expectations in some ways, even though it's not really the kind of thing I want to watch on a regular basis. It, it was able to do a lot in a very sort of small structure, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. And then finally, I watched a movie called The Civil Dead. Did we talk about that one? 
The Civil Dead? Yes. No. Oh, man. It is a... Um, I don't know what to call it other than post-Mumblecore because it's definitely like nerdy 30-somethings just talking, right? Uh, but But... I know you hate that sort of thing, but I don't care. Fuck you. Uh, I love that sort of thing, actually. Uh, I'm a big Joe Swanberg fan, actually. So I'm into that. But the difference here is that there are jokes. Like, that's why a lot of people hate Mumblecore, other than that, this weird bias they have against anyone who's cool and lives in a city. Um, the other reason is because there's no actual jokes in those movies. They're just supposed to be funny in a situational way. This movie has jokes, and it was like written and directed by two comedian guys who are known for doing actual comedy. So um, that's a little bit different. Also, it has a horror premise, which is a uh, kind of struggling photographer uh, sees someone he's known from high school, and this dude kind of clings on to him a little bit, and they hang out. And finally, he's trying to get this guy to leave him alone so that the guy reveals to him that he's dead, that actually he's a ghost and that no one else can see him. And he just doesn't want to be alone wandering around, around L.A. by himself. So he's just going to bother this guy because he, no one else can see him. And he can't ghosts in this world, can't walk through walls, but they also can't open doors. They can't touch anything. So like once they're in a space, they can't leave the space. Right. Okay. They can't, they can't move anything on their own. They're just stuck. And so he's got real limitations. You know, he can get on the bus, but it's hard to get off the bus. If he goes into a building, he's not sure if he can ever get out of the building. And he's got no one to talk to. He hasn't seen any other ghosts. It's just him wandering around. No one can see him. And then this guy sees him and talks to him that he's known since high school. And so it is really just a super awkward comedy. Only... If you think about the premise long enough, it's still very upsetting because the reason this dude is so awkward is actually a very horrifying situation. And then the last third of the movie seems like they've run out of steam because it kind of goes into like a fun, almost adventure thing. Uh, and then it takes a really upsetting turn that maximizes on the premise. And uh, I thought it was really fucking good, man. It might be in like my top five of the year, just movies in general. Like I thought it was funny. I thought it was unbelievably well acted for for a really super small budget, like very like uh, 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 intimate, independent film. And it made a few decisions that were real fucking upsetting, man. It made some upsetting decisions that I liked. So uh, Civil Dead, check it out. Unless you are allergic to uh aimless 30 something white men making fun of themselves because i think there's there's a certain kind of folks that hate that and i i don't think this is going to surpass your hatred of that if you're like oh who cares about these fucking guys then i think it's not the movie for you but if you're like well i do want to see these guys look stupid then uh, this is the movie because it's it's really good i'm definitely intrigued yeah, I again, it's a it's definitely a movie where they're doing a lot with a little. Uh, it's not like you know sp special effects or anything like that, but I just found it really compelling and funny and interesting. So there you go. Um, I think the one guy who's in the movie is kind of more well known as a comedian, but I don't know his act. Like I've never checked him out. I never heard of either of these people before. So uh, if it turns out he's actually shitty for some reason, then I apologize. But. As far as I know, he seemed cool. I, I just Googled them after the movie was over. I'm like, that was really good. Who the fuck are these people? And then I Googled them. I'm like, oh, the people know them. They're like known people in comedy, but I didn't know who they were. Intriguing. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I don't really have much in the way of horror <clears throat> specifically, um, but I have watched some cool things. Um, I watched a movie on Netflix called society of the snow which was definitely horrific sure yeah it wasn't fun it was about the uruguayan air for uh the fucking alive the rugby team right that crashed in the andes back in the 70s and you know survived for like two months uh did you watch this on netflix no um it's intense like i i, I had to turn it off twice because i was just like so uh it was so nerve-wracking. Uh, and, like, not that I... 
Not that I think Alive was a bad movie, but I think the two things that this movie has that Alive didn't is A, it really nailed it when it came to like casting. Um because they actually cast children in this movie. Like, you know, because those those dudes were like 18, 19, 20 years old when this happened. They weren't like Ethan Hawks, like late 20s, early 30s. Um, so it, it's kind of like you see this stuff happening to kids and you're like, oh, this is not fun. Um, and then like the way it was shot, it was there were so many close-ups of, of characters' faces. Um, these really like I don't know what the I know there there was like these like close-ups of like and they would use like slight wide angle lenses to give it this really weird claustrophobic feel. Um but yeah, it was just like a really, 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 really intense movie. Um and then also not really horror Jason, uh I watched a series on Netflix called Blue Eye Samurai. Did you end up watching any, any oh, of this? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. No, no, no. It's on my to-watch list. I was actually, we were running through Echo before yeah. we tried something new. Oh, this this is this is such a good show. Um, yeah, it's it's just dope is all I can say. Um, I think the only like real horror thing you could say that I did was uh, Sunday night. Uh, True Detective Night Country kicked off, and. It was awesome so far. Only one episode. It's great. There's a number of, uh, it's funny. I watched this with a friend of the podcast, uh, John, John Carlo DeMarchi. And do you know the premise of this season? No. Uh, now stop me if you've heard this one before, but there's an Arctic research center and the scientists go missing during the beginning of the longest night of the year. And like Jodie Foster is this like town, I think she's like the sheriff and she has to investigate. And um I was like, okay, this is the thing. Like it's anything, anytime there's har and snow, it's the thing. Doesn't matter. Um so we're watching this, and there's a character named Clark in it. Like in the very beginning, there's ah Clark, blah blah and all. Okay, that's Clark's a pretty common name. Maybe that's just a coincidence because there's also a Clark in the thing. And then there's another character named Blair. And I was like, all right, that's fucking two for two. That's Clark and Blair. Like, if there's a McCready in here, I'm I, I'm stoked on this. And then, like, in the next scene is, like, Jodie Foster is, like, she's going through this, like, research station's, like, rec room. And right on the shelf is a copy of John Carpenter's The Thing. And I was just like, fuck yeah, this show's gonna rule. Yeah, I'm into that. And, uh, it does rule. It's really fucking unsettling. Um... As per usual, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I do think that this is a season that they're finally going to go in an explicitly supernatural territory. Because, you know, like in the other episodes, in the other seasons, it's just like weird occult shit. But it's like, yeah, but is it like it's just like people being weird and Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey hallucinating. This is like there's no way they can explain this with like hallucinations like this is. This is definitely like spooky, ooky, like a yeah. like real supernatural shit. So I, I bet you people are gonna hate that though. Like I'm picturing yeah. people being so mad, whereas I think that sounds cool. Yeah, but you know they're nerds, so fuck them. I don't care. Uh, let me mention one more thing I forgot. Okay, I started reading a new series from Dark Horse called Mortal Terror. Okay, that sounds awesome. The artist, I forget his name, but he's done a lot of stuff for. Uh, <clears throat> BPRD and Hellboy and stuff like that. And it is a vampire book. And the thesis of the vampire book is that um, everyone in England lives underground and uh, they travel underground and they try to avoid leaving underground uh, because there are beings on the surface that mean them ill that many people don't even really think are real, but uh, the the powers that be know that they are real and that they're trying to get rid of them. Uh, of course, everyone are vampires, and the beings they're afraid of are the mortals who live on the surface. Oh, so it's like <laughs> I Am Legend, like 
kind of, where the vampires are just like, there's these fucking things. Sure, only it's also Dracula. All the characters are characters from Dracula. Only Dracula is a mortal living among the vampires, secretly planning to turn everyone mortal. And his previously soft people he preyed on because they were so soft are all hardened warriors who have been fighting the mortal menace for years. That sounds awesome. It's so fucking, again, two issues, man. Two issues is not enough to judge a comic. And two issues in, I'm like, yes, please. Yes. What I love, uh, Renfield still exists in this. He's in uh, uh, Insane Asylum. Only it's not really that. It's a place where the doctor is torturing some mortals, getting him them to admit where they, they're hiding. Because the authorities think that the mortals, there's only a few left. That there's probably a, a few hundred left. And they just have to find where they're hiding and murder them all. Only the mortals keep doing these acts of terrorism. The comic opens with with a mortal attack on the train system where they blow up the train tunnel. So the sun comes in and it murders all the vampires in the train, except for one. Who, by the way, is Jonathan, Jonathan Hark, Hark. What is his name again? Harker. Harker. Yeah. He's the only one who escapes because he works for the king. He's like whatever the Victorian version of like a uh, uh, secret agent is. It's fucking crazy. Also... I don't know why this is the case, but the king of this vampire kingdom is a random Viking dude, uh, which makes me think something happened in the history to make all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like the fact yeah. that it's not some like English guy, but it's like this random Viking dude. I'm like, all right, there's going to be a whole thing here going on. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's great. And uh, oh, yeah. So in this place where the doctor, he's torturing this mortal woman who keeps trying to tell him that she used to be a vampire, but that she was made mortal. And he's like. That's impossible. So I'm just going to keep torturing you until you tell me the truth. It's it's already fun. It's already a good time. I can't wait to see where it's going. And the art is amazing. So check it out. Mortal Terror is what it's called. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. That sounds fucking sick. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about 1995's uh, <clears throat> J-Har film school ghost stories also known as haunted school you notice i didn't i didn't i didn't say the japanese title i'm not going to say the japanese title because i can't say it and it would be offensive if i did so yeah i appreciate you that me, you congratulate me for that yeah way um, to go thank you thank you thank you for thanking me all right we'll be right back <laughs> ひとりで体育館に入った人。今は使われていない旧校舎。先生と6人の生徒が閉じ込められた時、恐怖の一夜が始まった。みんな行くのか変なのどんどん増えてるんだなんでいつも変なの連れてくんのなんなんだよ噂が本当になりました and we are back to talk about 1995's School Ghost Stories, also known as Haunted School. Now, you have you had never seen this movie, right? No, but I've heard about it for a while, and I know that. It became a massive franchise. I think there's like five of these movies, maybe. Yeah, it's crazy because when I was like looking this up to watch it, there's so many. Like, it's a franchise. It's not just like nonsense, like, you know, La Casa movies. Like, these are all connected, connected films. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how connected, but from yeah. what I understand, I think the same director directed most of them. So that yeah. feels pretty continuous to me. Yeah, he did. Um... <laughs> 
It looks like yeah, he did school. He did the he did at least the first two. Now, here comes the question: How did you feel about this movie? I really liked it. Uh, I feel like it had real house vibes, but with kids. Okay. Uh, in fact, I would say that this could be this could be compared to Monster Squad, right? But where Monster Squad maybe tests the limits of what you're willing to show a kid because of its liberal use of the hard F and other <laughs> terms, this film tests what you're willing to show kids because of the utter disregard it seems to have for the safety of these children. Like, even though in the end, spoiler, the kids are okay. The way that this movie is done, I thought at any moment any one of these kids could eat it. Like the whole time, even though the 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 yokai, this is a this is a story of yokai for people who want to know. So that's like the Japanese version of ghosts, which are also maybe they could be demons. It's 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 less of uh the Western tradition of ghosts, but anyone who's seen like 100 Yokai or some of those other movies, there's even like cartoons like uh Maeve used to watch a, a Yokai cartoon uh that she really liked. A anime, I should say. Uh anyways, these kids go to this abandoned school that's haunted, and the various ghost encounters they have, there are some that are cute and funny. A lot of them are like weirdly upsetting, even though the movie still feels like a kid's movie. Like it still feels like, hey, this is a fun adventure for kids. And then the way that the things happen, I'm like, Ugh. and the, the best being there's this like janitor character who eventually turns into some sort of like insect man. And uh, I was just like, if I was a kid watching this, this would fuck me up. Like, I don't understand how this movie is like for kids like is this really what kids are watching in japan or is it just this is a movie for like slightly older people that happens to have kids in it i have no idea but uh i liked it i had a lot of fun with it i really love the creature design uh it's silly but i i i appreciate that about it what was your favorite apparition that these children saw <laughs> what was the, what, what was the most upsetting one for you oh uh I wasn't going to say the most upsetting. I was going to say my favorite is actually the weird monkey looking guy with a huge tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's upsetting, but he's my favorite because I just thought he was so funny. But it was like he's being silly, but also I wasn't surprised that the kids might be afraid of him. You know, like yeah, Liam, if you if OK, if that thing walked in your living room right now, you would shit yourself to death yeah. out of fear. Yeah. That's what I appreciate about this movie is like it's like silly looking until you put it in the context of like imagine actually seeing that you would you would you would need fucking to go to a hospital if you saw that in real life. Well, and it's very like 90s effects like there's some CGI that's not great, but it works for what it is. There's some fun practical effects like I, I just appreciated the way things looked in the movie. And, you know, there, there's a bit of like an adventure together thing that like. Yeah, it's a kids it's it's a, it's a cute kids movie. There's like that weird I don't I'm not well versed well versed enough in like Japanese cinema to like or television honestly to kind of like speak upon this but like it seems to me that there's a there's a very um there is like a weird subsect of like Japanese visual art where it's children in peril having like adventures um and i i i'm think like this the whole time i was watching this i was just reminded of like not just like house but also like son of godzilla which sure, even though yeah. even though i hate it is like a very that's a very prime example of like it's 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 a kid or kids having an adventure with or against like some sort of like supernatural element um and this this movie just felt like, um, I don't know, like I, I, it just felt very Japanese to me. It did. I, you know what it also reminded me of a little bit, just in like some of the vibes, the Frighteners. Yes. I feel like the Frighteners is a very fun movie that gets a little edgy at times. It pushes the boundaries of what 
a fun movie can do. This movie is more Japanese than it is like Hollywood, right? But it borrows some of the tropes from what was going on, especially in the 80s, right? It, this is a 90s movie, but it's borrowing a little bit from the Spielbergian influenced uh, family adventures of the 80s. But then when it turns on the scares, again, it's not like upsetting, upsetting. But uh, when I yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Parts of it are upsetting, upsetting. But I certainly wouldn't show my six year old like any moment of this movie, which is like, Weird, right? Like, like, oh, you wouldn't show your six year old this the scene where the fucking hands come out of the ground? Oh like my the god, clay hands, you wouldn't oh show god. Maeve that? Oh my Why? god, why? There, are, like, it's hard to explain, right? Like, okay, Justin, what, what, what was for you of the various yokai? What was the most upsetting apparition? Top three yokai in this movie that can get fucked the hands. I didn't like it, it made me so upset. It reminded me of that scene in the labyrinth when Jennifer Lee is like uh-huh. falling yeah. down the thing and like, and there's just the hands and it was just, I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it Two, uh, the giant, maybe it's just because attack, attack, attack on Titan is still in my mind, but giants are fucking ruined forever now because of me, I don't trust them. Anytime I see a person over six and a half feet tall, I'm upset. Finally, it's so stereotypical. And it's so such a trope now, but the scene with the school nurse with the big fucking black hole sun smile. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, that shit was like, oh man, these poor fucking kids. Like, again, this is from a while ago though. Like, it's it. There are parts of this that I feel like maybe people have seen in other anime or manga, like other Japanese pieces, or even some like live action movies. But the whole thing, first of all, it is over the top in a way that felt very influenced by uh, manga to me. Although, again, having seen that, I don't know if you've ever seen that 100 Yokai movie. No. I I think, and we're not experts on this, so I'm sure someone is listening who is much more of an expert on Japanese horror historically, right? There's a whole realm of Japanese films that I've seen other people post about that I haven't gotten to see yet that involve just insane costumes. And, and like uh, people might be thinking of like, well, of course, like Kaiju, but that's not what I mean. I mean, supernatural movies where people are going to like ghost kingdoms and everything there looks fucking insane. Right. This is a kid's movie with a kid's adventure feel, but these yokai are influenced by this history of, of upsetting art, right? Like these are not, these are nightmare conjurations. And again, some of them are silly. Like, like I said, even the guy with the tongue is silly, but also he's kind of upsetting too, right? Like there's just this, there's There's this combination in this movie of actual cuteness. It's not that the movie is trying to be cute and fails. That's not what it is. It's the movie flawlessly, melds together actual cute children adventuring together and solving problems and whatever with monsters that are actually kind of fucked up you know it's like you know what the the weird the 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 crazy like ape thing that was that that it was like it reminded me of um it was like just on this side of acceptable and on the other side is um the one segment from the Twilight Zone movie done by Joe Dante, an innocent man. It's the Twilight Zone, like the it's the you know, with with the, the kid from the Twilight Zone who could make like whatever he wants with his it's the one with Bill Mooney in the in the in, yeah. in, in, in the yeah, yes, 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 yes. And like there's this scene where he makes the cartoon characters come alive and there's there's these like monstrous, grotesque fucking creatures. <clears throat> That's what that thing reminded me of, but like just just before it got upsetting and it was just like okay it was like just enough to be like all right like cool you're you're a trickster creature that's fine you know what it you know what it reminded me of what's that a much more animated and moving version of the monster from big trouble in little china yes i think especially the wide mouth yeah the face again it looks like some sort of ape-like creature with this immense tongue who is amused by everything that's happening and honestly, in a different movie, it would be like a joke, right? It'd yeah. be like the fucking what Slimer became from Ghostbusters or some shit. But in this movie, because everything that's happening is kind of upsetting, you're like, what is he laughing at, man? Fuck that guy. You know, like it's it's it there's something about it that's cute, but it's still gross. Very gross. Yeah. 
it's 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 it's, like, it's the kind of thing that again as as long as it's not real it's fine but then like it's it's one of those things that like if 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 it just if you were like a little kid in a school at night and you saw that you are in therapy for the rest of your life yeah it's it, and and that's like sort of my recommendation for people like if you're if you've heard of this movie and you want to see it or if you're just this is the first time you're hearing about it it's not you know it's not dark dark it is a movie that is a bit goofy right and it does have a vibe of like a kid's adventure but it's also kind of upset you know what i mean like there's just this edge to it that I you mean, know even, no one could get away with here in a kid's movie even the way they 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 solve the problem that they is where there's the one kid who is outside drawing a fucking Sam and Dean Winchester devil trap or some sort of John D esque uh Enochian rune on the ground. And they which they never explain. There's just this kid drawing a fucking pentagram on the ground and he's just like, yeah, I'm just you know, like this intricate like there's these weird symbols and shit. And he has like he has like in his pocket like one drawn on a piece of paper and they find out that it like it like neutralizes the power of the fucking haunted school. Which I love, because it's like, it's like it kind of, in that scene alone, it kind of makes it so that it's not just these like various entities that they're seeing that are like haunting. What, what did you? What's the word again? Uh, yokai. Yokai. It's that the school itself is like this like sentient creature that they're trapped in, and this kid's doodlings, his devil traps are like nullifying the power of it. Even that is like. It's such a little kid thing, but it's also like, oh, so this kid can wield magic. Okay, fuck it. He he is he is a, he's a necromancer. That's totally cool. Um, and then like the very end with the little girl, like the one girl. What was the one girl dead the entire time? Yeah. Spoiler. So yeah, I yeah. Sorry, sorry to spoil this old ass movie, but um, yeah, it's literally like that thing of you know you've got a party of people and one of you is not what they seem but not in an upsetting way she never turns on them or anything she just wanted some company because she died there i guess because of these fucking yokai right yeah they probably they probably scared her to death yeah and it's like the one kid falls like that's the other thing here i'm talking about the creatures the creature effects and the way it's filmed, because it, it does some kind of cuts that are more like a horror movie than other kid-based horror, you know? Um, it really does a lot of stuff in it that is upsetting, but also it's kind of emotionally upsetting, right? Because this kid falls for that fucking ghost girl, and then at the end she, like, saves them, and then that's it, right? Like, it's yeah. not like they find a way for him to meet up with ghost girl later. It's like now these kids who kind of all hate each other and there's there's actually interesting reasons for that there's like class things going on and just you know differences between these kids and whatever and um they come together but like part of the vibe at the end when we see these kids like the denouements like now these kids are all friends also the dude's sad because he can't see ghost girl ever again yeah, he I probably mean, will never fall in love because he's in love with a ghost. All right, bye. I mean, you not know, only what? that, but he's he's probably also like horrifyingly traumatized by being chased by a giant. You know, the clay hands, the spider janitor. You know, all the that spider janitor shit. is so gross. By the way, I don't like it. And like, they really play out. Like, as soon as the janitor shows up, you're like, no, that guy is dead or something. Like, there's no way that's just a janitor. You know, the whole time, and they push it for so fucking long. That I just thought he was going to disappear or something. So when suddenly he's a goddamn Spider Man, you're like, okay, what the fuck? It's it's just like they, you know, uh, they turn that shit on a dime. You know what it reminded me of? What? Uh, because I've been on like an anime kick. Remember the uh, the really bad um, adaption of the Giver with like yeah, yeah, with yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah. with Michael Berryman and like uh, Mark Hamill, and at the end like Mark Hamill like turns into the, like gnarly Roach guy. It kind of reminded me of that, like not quite like a Cronenbergian in the fly, but just this sort of like grotesque halfling creature that is like happy to be suffering and like misshapen and it's going to take it out on these kids. And it kept it kept saying shit like no running in the hallways. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I, I just. I don't know. It, like it falls in that like it falls almost into like the 
Like, okay, the special effects of this movie are not good. They're, they're competent, but the glory of them being not as not good as they are is that it's also kind of reminding me of the end of the first Evil Dead, where part of the horror of the scene is like the shitty effects because it lends it this like this like really weird like nightmare logic kind of thing and like this guy that's like chasing a, that like is supposed to be a spider doesn't really look like a spider you, you know he's a spider because they yell like oh no he's a spider and he's got like other limbs but in reality he just looks like like a fucked up like his face looks like I, I I don't even know. Like it just like in 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 the effects falling short, they actually become more than like what they by all rights should have been, and it's actually far more upsetting I think in its shortcoming than it is if it had succeeded as like you know convincing. Um, yeah, it oh, it's just I honestly like when I first start watching this movie, I was like, yeah, what the fuck did Liam have me watch? Like, this is so stupid. Okay, but first of all, you did pick this movie. Okay, first off, I did. <laughs> I was like, I I literally picked it at random. Like, I typed, I typed Japanese hard. This is the first thing that came up. <coughs> but like, when I was watching this movie for the first like ten to fifteen minutes, I was like, this is so stupid. Like, god damn it! Especially with like how effective I thought occult was. But then like, once you get like. Like, this movie capitalizes on the, like, the feeling of, like, I don't know if you did this, Liam, when you were in elementary school, but did you ever go to, like, open house, like, with your mom? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know how it is for the, you know, radio world or whatever, but, like, in Easton, there'd be, like, open house where, like, you would go and talk to, like, your, your parents would go and talk to, like, your, um, your teachers, like, after hours, so, you, like, if you were a kid, there were certain parts of the school you could just, like, walk around the school at night. And, like, I remember when I was a little kid secretly being terrified of walking around Cheston Elementary because, like, everything, like, it was, like, the way the school looked with, like, the lights out, there was part of me that was, like, even though I'm allowed to be here, I shouldn't be here right now. I shouldn't be seeing this. School is supposed to be lit up. You're supposed to be here during the day. This is wrong. And I think this movie kind of has a sense of that as well, where they're in this school and they're not supposed to be. And it's like, it's horrific in the very fact that they're there when they're not supposed to be there. And that makes it like, it kind of like throws, it throws you off balance and you're, you're, you're like kept off kilter by it all. If that makes any sense. I think there's also for me a sense in which I don't know that the community really cares about these children. Because there's an entire abandoned school behind the new school. Like, yeah, they spent the money to build the new school. But then the old school, they're like, I don't know, just throw a lock on it. It's fine. Yeah. And something I about know. that was like, fuck, I don't think people actually care about these kids. No, I know like, they don't. You know how I know they don't? Because the kids are fucking there. Right. There's like, I mean, some of the parents are checking in on them. But yeah, there's definitely a vibe of like, they're kind of um, able to wander off and get caught in this weird place yeah like if you're a kid who's who can i don't know i'm not gonna say it because i don't want to be like i don't want to sound like classist or whatever because i know that like you know not everyone can afford like adequate childcare. you know you know the, the phenomenon of like the latchkey kids but like come on man i was a latchkey kid there's plenty of abandoned buildings buildings around here and i, I never once got trapped in, in in inside of an abandoned building with a with a terrifying spider creature that i can remember and haven't blocked out <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you ended up liking it. I really did push for us to stick with this one because I liked it so much. And I was like, yeah, I think Justin will be into this when he gets going. And now that I know there's multiple movies now, I have no idea if the sequels are any good. But am I going to watch them? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch them. I want to know. Like, I want to know how where you can go with this premise and if it ever gets more upsetting. You know what I mean? Like. Do you, how do you maintain this tone for four or five movies? I, I don't know. Something has to give, and I, and I don't know what it is. Would you say that we got to know if they can sustain the tone for these movies? 100%. Excellent. All right, so that was School Ghost Stories. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the profoundly upsetting Japanese found footage film, Occult. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
僕だけこういうふうに刺されてるんですけど他の人はみんな首切られてるんです神様がつけてくれたサインだよってその上にものすごいでかい UFO というか松木さんの遺体が現に見つかってないでしょ別の次元に行ってしまったわけ松木さん自身がどのようなものが一体祀られてる山なんですか、まあ、これはズバリヒルコですスクランブル交差点行ってめっちゃ人多い時にドカーンって感じで行くよ地獄だぞ And we are back to talk about Koji Shirashi's 2009 found footage film, Occult, which is a frighteningly vague title for what I would describe as a frighteningly vague movie.、Um, this movie was very upsetting to me.、Um, there's an element of like.、Uh, Okay, so we talk about this a lot.、Um, this movie is what like, Lovecraft was actually writing about when he was writing about like, what scared him. Not immigrants and not like, slimy tentacles, but just this like, vague sense of things going on behind the scene that we should not and cannot comprehend.、Um, and if we did comprehend them, it would cause us. Immediate madness. Like, that's all the really, that's the basis of like Lovecraft's work is that, like, to, to, to truly ascertain the nature of reality, it, it means insanity and death. And that's all I really think this movie is. I really do think this movie is just simply about a man who gets a glimpse behind the veil and fucking loses it. And there's so much ominous shit going on in this movie. And there is such a terrifying sense of just this, like, Inescapable fate just bearing down on, on, on the character who sucks. I can't stand that guy. I hated that dude. He reminded me of like so many shitty people in my family. Yeah. But like this entire movie, you just feel that like you're like, that you're just, I don't know, that there's something barreling towards you. And then like the ending is so fucking upsetting. Um, this, this, it, it, I don't know, like this, this director. He has just mastered the art of making these, like, these simple but complicated, upsetting found footage movies that somehow work. So, like I said, my friend Ed loves、uh, this director, loves all their movies, and they particularly love this movie. And in fact, uh, uh, yelled at me over text message for over an hour when I admitted I don't like this movie. Didn't appeal to me even a little bit. Don't even understand how to compare it to Naroy, which I think is way better. Thought it was pretty shitty top to bottom. Just like it ended, and I was like, God, what a waste of time. Just was、oh、not、God. into it.、Uh, yeah. So when I told them that I was like, Oh, I wasn't really that into it, they were so deeply hurt because they told me it's one of their favorite movies of all time. Of all time. And I just was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I totally med a movie that means more to them than many other movies. And I was like, man, they're being really patient with me right now because I, I didn't know. I, didn't, I knew that they knew the director, right?、Uh, and they've、uh, recommended other movies by that director to me. So I get it. Like, I get that that is,、um, I knew that that was something that they cared about, but I didn't. Realize how important it was. And I was very much like,、eh, blah, blah. now, granted, I really appreciate aspects of this movie. I, I agree that that character is so annoying. I think it's, that's, that's the acting. Like, I think that the、yes. performances in this movie are really fucking strong, like, really strong. 
and even the parts of it that are a bit tiresome to me, I think are compelling in what they're trying to do when he's uh, the character. Just, he's just talking to his camera. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like looking at it and talking. And the way that he convinces our kind of main, per, you know, the director of this supposed documentary convinces them to just go along to, with his plan and all this stuff like that. Right. I think all that is like very well done in general. It just wasn't compelling to me, even a little bit. I don't know if that's the, and it's interesting. I agree with what you're saying about this director being really good at this format. I wouldn't actually call this found footage. Not that no, this, I think this the is, distinction matters, but I think it's more like a pseudo documentary. What's, what's it called when you have a fake? Mo- well, it's not a mockumentary because it's not funny. But you know what I mean? It's like no, a, it's I mean, like it's it's the same way that people call like Savage Land found footage, and it's like no, right, it's not really right, found right, footage. Right, right. This is this is this is uh, I don't know. Like I think this shot on video pseudo documentary thing is like hit or miss with me, and. <clears throat> I remember really liking Neroy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't, and I'm misremembering. But I thought when we covered it that I was really stoked on it. And I went into this with high expectations when I saw that it was the same director. And I watched another thing that he directed that Ed recommended called... I don't It's. I guess there's a series of movies that he does that are like case files of something, like like paranormal investigations or whatever, you know? And yeah, I mean, it was it like looked, the first like, one of those. It looks like all of this guy's everything this guy does is like found footage. Yeah, this like kind of style where it's like I'm working on a movie or I'm working on a TV show and, and we've put this together. And some of it feels very edited like reality TV, like even has certain kinds of voiceovers and stuff like that, you know. Um <clears throat> For some reason, this one, I I didn't care about what we was moving the plot forward, which is like uh, these things that he's seeing, you know, uh, or this, this, I mean, the, you know, sort of the inciting incident is this uh, random knifing on a bridge. And then the guy says to him, you know, it's your turn now and carves this image into him. And they're investigating this mystery. And I wasn't really pulled into the mystery when the reveal of this guy, not only seeing these things, but having some sort of powers or whatever. I was like, okay, I guess that's kind of interesting. And then the lead up to the event, I just, I I just wasn't pulled in by, I just really was like more waiting for the movie to wrap up and wanting, you know, wanting to know what was going to happen, but not really feeling enveloped by the narrative in, in any particular way. I just was sort of like, kind of curious and i thought the ending was fine you know like i i just i appreciated how it ended i you know but i didn't find it and and what's funny is i knew as soon as we were going before you texted me i'm like oh i bet justin's gonna be fucked up by this movie and then you text me like it was so upsetting and i'm like oh man i feel so bad because i think there's something about this that you and apparently my friend ed find really compelling like this is right up your alley this makes it and i just think this kind of movie is mostly alienating to me and i'm surprised actually that i liked this director's other movies i've seen which is only a couple i haven't seen there's a bunch of movies that he's made and there's a whole world around them and all this stuff and whatever is it's a whole thing and i'm not unwilling to explore it more but for some reason, this movie just didn't work for me the way the other ones did. I feel things differently than you do, Liam. I mean, that happens. I, I, I think it's sometimes it's actually more interesting when we are not on the same page. But uh, it helps when I have more of an insight. But it's I hate that it's just like a that I don't know if it's just this. It feels like it, part of it might be a format thing that I just don't like this medium and it's i wouldn't even call it an aesthetic right because an aesthetic choice could be as simple as like a set dressing or a music cue or whatever this is like very much a medium a way to tell a story and it affects what the story is for some reason this medium for this narrative was more frustrating for me than the other of his that i've seen um but I don't know if that if that's all it was. Maybe it was also that the topic wasn't that interesting. Like him hearing these voices to, you know, do this or do that. Him just being 
like a hostile asshole to the people around him. Like nothing about it really was like, uh, I don't know. It didn't get under my skin, I guess. And I, maybe that's what it is. If I found it as terrifying, cause you know, Ed, they said it's, it's upsetting. It's like a scary movie, you know, and you were like, this is really upsetting. And I just never, I never felt that. And I, maybe that's what I was missing. Whereas Neroy, Maybe I don't love the medium in Neroy either, but that movie upset me. I felt bad. When that movie ended, yeah. I felt bad, and I did not feel much for this movie. I, I, I think the difference between this and Neroy is that, like, Neroy has... <sighs> this movie is just about a fucked up guy saying a bunch of fucked up shit that happens to be true. That's all this movie is. Uh, Neroy is more like... There was like more of a traditional like there's this village that was like flooded and there's a demon and this and that and like there's yeah like a maybe traditional... there's like more of a narrative structure yeah this is just like the thing that upset me most about this is like I think it's the idea of just like what if like all the the shit that like some like clearly unhinged person was saying what if it was true like what if that what if like like it's also like maybe like the intrusion of like the intrusion of this like otherworldly um i don't want to say grotesque because it's not really grotesque but like the intrusion of the eerie into like your normal world is like these dudes thought they were like oh we're going to interview this like the, the survivors of this, this this horrific crime and now they're talking to this guy who's like i see flying leeches in the skies above tokyo and i'm gonna like i'm gonna commit a sacrifice to this like ancient leech god there is just something about the idea of going through your everyday life and all of a sudden that just like falls in your lap is so upsetting to me because like i'm <laughs> maybe i'm afraid it's gonna happen to me um but well, honestly, that that's really that that's really that that's what appealed to me most about this movie. I do think there's something going on too with the idea of extremism. Like these people, both the uh, the weird guy and the director, right? They found some truth, right? Because there's a phenomena that they can't deny. And then because of that phenomena, they're able to either commit or be complicit in the uh, uh, commission of these like horrible acts, right? This like yeah. awful thing. And one might feel like it's a commentary on extremism in general because the movie does not verify that just because the phenomena is real, their decision was good right the movie actually wants to say yeah there was something supernatural going on right it wasn't fake but they weren't you know uh 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 they weren't vindicated instead this dude's in hell right like yeah yeah it's it was actually the worst case scenario that the 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 deity he was serving is actually evil or terrible or whatever it is you know what i mean like there is no there is no going to this special magical heaven which is what he imagines right that yeah. actually it's it's like he's just served actual evil and i think there is to some extent something very smart in the commentary of that this idea of like um having a small bit of truth does not justify you committing great acts of of violence, evil, barbarity, whatever it is, because the value of those lives is more important than this little thing. And plus, just because you have some truth doesn't mean you have the whole picture. They see fucked up things. That's all they got. They're, that's all they're going on. The guy thinks he hears a voice. They see weird shit. They're like, well, that all seems to be happening. We should just kill a bunch of people. Yeah, right? we should blow up a fucking 108 people. Yeah. And so the I think the movie's commentary on that is actually super compelling, but I just didn't find the experience of watching the movie I think as unnerving as I I think I you guys did or even just I I don't even want to say it like me versus you I think for me if I found it more unnerving I might have felt more brought into the movie but for whatever reason I just I just was never like 
fully sold on it, even though I didn't think there was anything about it that was like specifically bad. You know what I mean? Like we watch movies sometimes where the movie's fun, but there's a performance or there's a decision that's made or there's a special effect. Like we went on and on about how we don't hate bad moon until they do that fucking CGI transformation. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. It ruins an otherwise perfect flawless film. I wouldn't go that far, but it's, it's a competent. I just did. It's, It's a fine, it's a fine movie that is made utterly bullshit by that sequence right i think yes. you know i think some people would just say the whole movie was bad f- by their taste but to me i don't think it's it's that bad in this case it's not like there's that one element it's just for whatever reason my experience of it was like i could not get into it and maybe it's just a circumstances thing maybe on a different day i'll give it another try but i i will say despite really feeling like this movie wasn't for me I'm still really intrigued by this director and and maybe that's the fandom. Maybe I'm being compelled by the intensity of the fandom and the, the dedication people have had to making secondary materials, books and zines and websites dedicated to the world that this guy is making, you know, and, and this yeah. narrative he's creating all that's super compelling to me. So I, I think I want to give his films more of a chance, but this one did not sell me on the idea and, and you know, that it just is what it is intriguing yeah i'm definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna check this out like just because like i didn't realize the impact that this guy had like not to be not to make the obvious uh, fuck it he has a cult following i didn't realize that like this dude is like um i don't know he just he, he has like there's a like he has a book about um uh, making found footage movies which is cool i might have to read that um and yeah, it seems like he has like he 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 has a following. It's you know you already said. Um, so I I definitely want to dive further into this dude's work and 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 see, and into that 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 weird series of movies that you sent me via uh via text. Which yeah, I that's wanna... the, that's that director. It's the same director. Yeah, that's okay. what I was saying. I've seen one of those movies, and thought it was pretty good. Not as good for me as Neroy, but but pretty good, but better for me than, than a cult. But that's part of a whole series. And he's made movies that are similar, but outside of that series. And then there are movies in the series. And I think a bunch of his movies share, not just actors, which is not that rare, that rare directors do that all the time, but also characters. Like sometimes characters go from movie to movie. Okay. So I don't know. I, I don't know quite enough about it, but maybe it's something for us to research and come back to in a few months with like more things to say, you know? Yeah. I'm definitely going to be looking at this stuff at like two in the morning tonight and just scaring the heck out of myself. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that's my path. Oh, cool. Uh, capture of the slip mouth woman. Okay. I'll be looking into that. Oh, that's the one that, yeah, that's the, that's the one that I've seen, but there are, there are more in that series. Wonderful. All right, well, that's the episode. Thank you for tuning in to, our, to one of our uh, series on J-Har, Japanese har. Um, thank you, as always, to our patrons. Thank you to the folks at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, uh, Essex Coffee Roasters, and Mechanical Shark Media. You can check them out at www.xlvacx.com, uh, essexcoffeeroasters.com, and mechanicalsharkmedia.com. And you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com backslash cinepunks and as always thank you for listening and until next time and forever fuck the idf yeah amen to that all right see you guys later bye do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the cia ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast weird obscure and possibly unsafe we'll talk about telpomancy haunted railroads sentient umbrella spirits mind-altering video games remote viewing spongebob conspiracy theories and only gets weirder from there each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe weird obscure and possibly unsafe available anywhere you get your podcasts hey